But it is so good to see, first, it's so good to see all of you. Thank you all for being here. Thank you very much. Isn't it exciting, as Amber said, isn't it exciting to be in our, our space? Finally, we're in our space. We get, to, we get to be here, and thankfully, we're not out in the heat and the humidity and uh, those tents blowing away and all those fun things that have been taking place while we've been in our parking lot meeting. Uh, it is, it is uh, Vision Sunday since we came in here. We are doing a, a soft opening. Our grand opening is in September 13th, but it helps us to navigate through a lot of these things, how they're going to work, where the light switches are, etc. There's a lot of things we're still updating, and you're going to see every, every week you come in, you're going to see more updates progressively. We're just trying to do everything the city wants us to do so that we could be in this space, give, give you some air conditioning space to come in and worship God. Didn't they do a great job? Didn't the worship team do a great Great job. They, how, many, how many of you were here on Thursday or Friday night? They had a, it was a great turnout on Thursday and Friday night. Yeah, thank you guys for being here very much. It, the, the worship team which has just been giving their all, giving their all. In fact, it's just the whole staff has been giving their all. We've had long weeks up here, long hours. Uh, a, lot, a lot of those... Uh, a guy, James Doster, who's been helping with communications. Wes Aiken is not here. He's been helping us get our sound set up. Clay is now here with us this weekend. You know, you guys know Beth and Clay. If you've been at, at Thrive for any length of time, they pass through. They, they're friends of ours, uh, really family more than friends. They have been just a blessing to Thrive Community Church as well. But, uh, you, know, I, I, you know who's been the biggest blessing for me? Uh, Allie Harrington. Uh, she, she has been the best support system and best encourager and the most patient to help me to continue to do what I needed to do up here because it's inside of me that I, you know, it's in, men know, men will connect with this. You know, men want to supply a home for their family. And that has been my burden is to supply a home for my family. And you guys are my family. And I have been dri driven driven by this passion to just have a space so that you guys can come in in a comfortable place and receive from the Holy Spirit. So that has been my burden. That is what has, which has, what has been pushing me, has kept me up here 14 hours a day. Uh, so those things right there. And so probably not good on my body, but uh, you know what? I'm glad we're here and we're able to be here for Vision Sunday. And so we do this twice a year. We like to remind everybody kind of where we came from, where we're going, what we're doing right now, what we've done since we started, what you can expect over the next six months, etc. Why? Because it's good to start having vision towards the future. Everybody's kind of coming out of this COVID funk and uh, we're like, okay, just kind of lethargic. Even in worship, probably a little lethargic, like, oh yeah, we worship our hands. That's right. We, lay, we, we lift our hands in worship. I forgot about that. I don't do that in my nightgown in, in bed. You know, those things. I don't do that while I'm eating a brownie for breakfast and hoping nobody finds out that I'm doing that in the morning time. And so you're trying to get back in the routine of, of, of true biblical worship and coming in and, and celebrating with saints and, and feeling lifted up and edifying. And oh yeah, I've got gifts of the Spirit that I need to use for the body. That's right, they're not for me, it's for others. And so it's just reminding yourself of these things again as we get out of this little, little funk that we've been in. And that's just everybody. There's nothing personal with anybody. I mean, everybody's kind of had to be affected somewhat on some levels by the, the COVID drama uh, as much as anything or if not more than anything but uh, I want to start this 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 day with Ephesians 2 21 
It says, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. We talked about Thursday and Friday night. You are the holy temple. Your body is the temple. You, Scripture clearly says you are the temple. Ephesians 2.22 says, In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Isn't it interesting how God uses community in bringing us together and helping us to see that you are bricks. You're the temple, but you're being built together, brought together to build the house of God. Yes, this is a great building that we get to have, but it's merely a facility to facilitate what God wants to do in you, in me, through you, through me, into the lives of others who are not coming into this building to receive what you're receiving, to be a part of what you're able to be a part. We're being built together as a spiritual temple, a building place, a place for the, the Spirit of God to come in and infiltrate, change our lives. And because God is changing your lives, the Spirit on you is going to change the lives of the others around you. And then lives are being changed. And it's this, this reciprocal effect. I hope you're getting that. And that's what Ephesians 2.20 is trying to tell us in this. It's nice how God uses this. He invites us, when, when community comes together, when we come together in unity, it literally draws the peace of God. It draws the presence of God to come in and dwell with us. That's why when you come into worship, not only are you declaring things that you, you, you know they're prophetic because you may not be feeling those things, but you're coming in and you're with other worshipers, other saints, and we're in unity. When we begin to operate in unity, God, there is nothing sweeter. Scripture says there is nothing sweeter to God than people dwelling together in unity. So it literally attracts the presence of God into a place. So thank you, because you guys are attracting the presence of God into a place. And let me tell you what we've been able to do just in the mere three years that we've been in existence. You know, we, first, we give. We give 10% of everything. You give 10%. We give 10% as a church. So we've been able to give over $120,000 in three years to missions. Isn't that spectacular? A hundred, yes, praise the Lord for that. One percent of everything we give goes to Israel first. We go to support the Messianic Christian ministries. We, go to, we give to one specific uh, administrating ministry, and they supply, according to the needs, many, many, many uh, Messianic ministries that, are, that they're connected with directly in Israel, directly in Israel. We believe we should be giving to, the, to Israel first and then from here on out to other international locations. So we, we give a little to locally, we give a little nationally, and then a little internationally, but 1% of everything goes to Israel first. Well, Luke 2, 10, 10, 2 says this. It says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You see, the, the, the issue has never been the harvest. There's not a problem with the harvest. And even in the COVID-19 season, you can see the harvest time has actually been pressed to, to ready, even a greater readiness. It's plentiful. People are ready for something that's real, something that's truth, something that's actually life-changing, something that's powerful, a real move of God. People are ready. So the issue is not the issue of, of are, is their harvest ready? No, the, the workers it seems to be the issues. The workers, we're in a potential of a fast-paced movement of the power of God, of, of people getting saved. In fact, 
in all but 20 of 189 countries, Christianity is growing faster than the population in those countries. So there is not an issue with the harvest, but the potential of harvest. But we got to get some people in the game to understand that, whoa, Jesus is still seeing that the workers are few. But we're in, we're, there's a lot of potential. In fact, the, the culture is pregnant with potential for lives to be changed. And God has brought you to a place in your own spiritual journey that is calling you, beckoning you to, to rise up and begin to be a voice for Him. A voice of moving people towards, or for, for influencing people towards Christ. Just walking with the Spirit of God to influence them to, into a relationship with Christ. Well, what is our hindrance? Well, Proverbs 28, 19 says this, says in the King James Version, says, where there is no vision, people perish. NASB, New American Standard Version, says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. I mean, have you, have you noticed there's some unrestraint going on in culture right now? When you see people jumping on an 18-wheeler and pulling the driver out and beating him, a FedEx driver having to run over people to get away, when you see chaos like this, Wendy's being burned down in the middle of... You, people are unrestrained. The message says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Why are, why is, why are things crazy right now? Because people can't see what God is doing. They can't see through the chaos, through the issues, through the trials. And it, could it be that the problem is not actually the mess? Could it be that all this stuff and all these things and all these, these riots and all these issues and all these problems, they're really not the mess? Could it be that there's, they're not seeing that there's actually something better than the mess to run to? Maybe they're not given a clear enough alternative of what life could be, so they're just unrestrained doing things that they think are out of their flesh and thought they think, well, maybe we just do this. There's not another better alternative that's being shown to them. Could that be? Could that be because the workers are few? Amen. Yeah. Could that be that there's not enough examples walking it out to show evidence of what could be an alternative culture, an alternative opportunity, alternative way of living? Could it be that God's people have yet to realize their role in the kingdom of God here on earth? I just, just ponder that. But this is why we're here. Here's what he says. But when people, when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. But when they begin to see, have vision for what God is doing, and then they start to attend to what God has revealed, the alternative to culture, an alternative way of living, something adverse to what is being posted on social media, on the news, what CNN, the propaganda that's being given us, the drama, etc., etc., when they are able to see through that, because there's a people that are revealing and living out a lifestyle, living out a way of living that gives them a clear alternative to their idea of life, which, what, which is what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that's why you are here. That's what we are here to do, to live a life that is most 
blessed. Think, think about this. Ponder that for a moment. Let's just, let's just set aside racism. Let's just set aside discrimination. Let's set aside prejudices. Let's set aside the judgments, politics, cultural shifts, gender issues. Let's set aside homosexuality. Let's set aside COVID-19. Now that we've set aside all of those, what is left? The only thing left is being able to have vision for what God is doing, what he is revealing, what is going on in the heavens. And then when we start to attend to that, rather than all those distractions that we just removed, there will be a people that are most blessed. There will be a nation. There will be a church. There will be a community. There will be a county that is most blessed. But for as long as our responses are coming out of all of those distractions, then we're problem-focused and not kingdom-focused. And no problem in the kingdom will ever be resolved by focusing on the, po the problem itself. You can't fix a problem in the kingdom unless you, you, you get the answer from the kingdom. And you are designed to be walkers in the kingdom of God, to bring heaven to earth. Jesus said it. He said, when you pray this way, when you pray, pray this way. On earth as it is in heaven. That can only flow when we get our answers and our responses to culture and all of these distractions from heaven. And we as a people begin to live that out beyond what our flesh wants beyond what our friends are doing, beyond what our culture is doing, sometimes beyond what some churches are doing, beyond what the people walking through Walmart are doing, beyond all of those things, when we begin to provide an alternative way of living to the broken world, they will see, and yet we have to be steadfast, they will see, wait a minute, that individual, those individuals seem to be most blessed. Then lives will be changed because there will be an aha moment and all you did was walk out the kingdom and the blessings and vision for what God is doing here on earth. You will be most blessed. Amen. But what is God's vision for us? What is God's vision for us? That's a good question. More importantly, we break it down into four things. He wants us to introduce Jesus. If you haven't been introduced to the real Jesus, he wants you to meet the real Jesus, not the religious Jesus, not the one that's based on a lot of laws and rules and regulations. Yes, there's truth. There's there's also mercy and grace that comes along with it. Yes, the standards are raised by Jesus, but he gives us the grace to fulfill the empowering grace to walk all of those out introduce Jesus. That's what he wants to do in us and through us. He wants the world to see the alternative way and that individual, those individuals are walking out a life of Christ. Then, then he wants us all to find freedom. We all need to find freedom from the, the smudge and the, the issues and the stuff of life's past or our yesterdays. He wants us to overcome all of those because uh, once you find healing and freedom, you really are able to wash away the past, wash away the smudge, and from that place, you start to have some clarity of vision. You ever worn uh, swimming goggles and there was a lot of maybe cloud in there or fog or humidity in there and you can't see? Well, that's the smudge of life, and that's how life literally is. You don't know it, 
But that's how life is until you start to find healing and freedom. And once you do, once you start to find that, wow, that empowering grace to overcome and move beyond and not carry shame and guilt and be burdened by the lies of Satan anymore, man, you start to walk in this thing and it's called purpose. You start to discover your purpose. When those smudges of yesterdays are gone, all of a sudden, vision just starts to open up and you're like, wow, I've lived my life this long and I'm just now seeing this for my life? I'm just now realizing that God has something better for me than the alternatives I was once choosing. And all I had to do was find healing and freedom. But I really needed to know the real Jesus. And then, when you start to discover your purpose, you can't help but to make a difference. The natural byproduct of someone who, has, who is living free and discovering their purpose, they can't help but to get into the game and begin to live a life that reveals, that makes a difference and begins to reveal that alternative culture, that kingdom culture to a world that's lost, hurting, deceived, lying, and confused. But you gotta, you gotta work it. You gotta work the process. You gotta have some vision. And this is why God has given you this vision because He wants you to start here and continue on down here. But you can't jump the gun to get here unless you've done this and this. But here's the counterfeit. There is a counterfeit. The world is trying to sell you on, on this. Introduce me. Hey, I've arrived, baby. I'm here. Huh? Everybody see me? Yeah, I got my Instagram fame going on, snapshots, selfie-looking world. That way, that way, you know, I got some, what do you got, 500 followers now? Yeah, I'm starting to be an influencer. Social media calls me an influencer. People are watching me now. I've now found some fame. Yeah, baby. Social media opened it up. YouTube, they're starting to call me to add commercials to my videos now. Yeah, I've got some fame now. You wouldn't know that person in the street, but now that they're on social media and they got some followers, okay, you might know them. They, you feel like, well, I just want to get there. I want to find some fame. Why do I want to do that? Because I want to discover my platform, a platform for me. I want a place where, where people can see me. I want a place to be seen, be recognized, and be noticed. Why? So that you can make a dollar. Make a dollar that's going to burn, y'all. Doing all this work to do something and get something and use something. But in the end, and it's probably not long from now, it's just going to burn. But if you were to go the other way, get to know the real Jesus, find freedom, connect a purpose, and you start making a difference, that difference is going to leave things that are longer lasting than you are, should Jesus not, not return, should he tarry, but the things that which you will do in making a difference with eternal purpose will have eternal purposes and eternal value, and the kingdom of God will spread. But not live in the counterfeit. And unfortunately, we got way more Christians living the counterfeit version than they are the God's version, God's vision version. But that's why our mission here is to get the lost people saved, get saved people pastored, get pastored people trained, and train people mobilized. We're not doing, the church is not doing its job if it's not mobilizing people. Well, guess what? People need to be trained. They need to know what to do, how to do it, where, where do I go to do it, what does that look like, what, what, is, what does excellence look like in the kingdom of God. They need, to be, they need to get saved and they need to get pastored. 
People need, people need pastors. There's many people that have the gift of shepherding, of pastoring, that have yet to rise up and start using their gift that God gave you, by the way, for His people, for His church. And that's why many people, though they may be saved, they are not getting pastored. And though they may be pastored, because there's not people who have found some, some organization from heaven, God has got them order, some, some kind of systems and processes that work, that are consistent, that are, create security for a people. They don't know what to do. They can talk to you all day long. I don't know what to do with you. Or people that, that are so, I can train you, I want to get you built up, I want to get, but I'm not going to let you go. I'm, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to hold on tight to you because I need you for me. You ever been to that church? Yeah. But when people get mobilized... And God sees that this person is not about themselves. They're not about their own fame. They're not about what they can get out of the deal, but yet what they can give through the process. And hopefully for as long as, as, long as those individuals or that ministry or that person or that child or that, that greeting opportunity is with somebody, they are stewarding it really well, God will see I'm ready to mobilize them and I will then begin to bring more. The very things that that person was trying to get through the counterfeit version, now God can trust you with it and he will begin to bring those things. It changes our paradigm because we have to see it from God's vision, not this cultural uh, way of living that social media, media and our peers have taught us to live. These things, though, these things will never burn. They are eternal. And there's a thought that I need to give you before we move forward. Uh, it, every pivotal and catalytic moment in my life that changed me and has created a process of change in me, came from a, a nudge from somebody that I know loved me, but it was a challenging nudge. It was one of those nudges that, that knocked me off center and got me riled up a little bit and moved me from my comforts and got me into some place where, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I need to do something. It challenged me to be something other than me. And I praise God for those people. I thank God that he lined my journey up, my path up with people just like that that would begin to nudge me, begin to see things from another perspective, help me to see things from another perspective, a higher way, another alternative, and then they would nudge me in that direct path. Those have been the most blessed times in my life. Was it easy? No. Did it cost me something? Yes. Has it been rewarded later? Yes. And these are the very things. That's why God has blessed you with Thrive Community Church, because these are the very things we want for you too. We just want to knock you off center. We can no longer, yeah, we can no longer be a one-day people. One, one day when I'm married, one, one day when I'm single, one day when I have kids, one day when my kids are out of the house, one day when I have money. Those are all the excuses that we use for doing something that we know we ought to do. One day when, well, one day, that day never comes. Because that one day shifts into a different one day, and it's always one excuse after another excuse after another excuse. But, but listen, I'm just here to, I'm going to give you that nudge today, okay? Y'all good? Can you take a deep breath? Y'all okay? Okay. <sighs> Doesn't it feel good to be nudged a little bit? You're like, man, my, my wife be nudging me all the time. You need to quit nudging me, Pastor. 
Praise the Lord. My husband nudging me all the time. Quit nudging me, Pastor. Nudgers. But every one of us have next steps. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says this. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, thank you very much. You're on cue. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We, we are sitting in the time of God's hand of favor upon us. We have a window of opportunity. Now is the time of God's favor. There are, there are windows, open heavens of blessings waiting for us to access, but we have to do the work to get there. We have to start mobilizing our feet. We have to start doing something towards that direction because God's not going to just provide for you so that you can go and do. No, in the process of you going and do, doing, God starts to provide for you. That's why God gives provision for the vision for which you are fulfilling and living out. But if you have no vision, there's very little or no provision. You've got to start mobilizing. We are, in a, we are in an open heaven season, a place and a time where God's favor is for you. God's favor is upon you. But our next steps here, let me tell you, at Thrive are this. We have worship times, as you can see, is 9 a.m., full experience right here. We're going to stay at this place until, 10, until we go to full capacity, which is really close, not far from now. You guys keep coming. 1045 service. Uh, but then September 13th, that is our grand opening. Grand opening September 13th, we are going two full services, full bore, all the way. You need to know what we're doing at Thrive. Any good leadership is going to show you, here's what's coming down the pipeline. Why? So the Holy Spirit can speak to you of, here's how you get involved. What do I do? Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? Our equip track right now is online, but starting in August, we're going to have our second Sunday repeat. When we go to two services on the second and fourth Sunday, you'll be able to attend an A and a B equip track. What is equip track? Equip track is a way for you to get plugged in. How do I find out more about what this church even is, what it believes, what the culture is? Well, we do that through equip track. That's how we, we share the heart of Thrive, share where we came from, where we're going, what we feel like God is saying, how you fit into that picture. And we hear from you. What is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. We start to work and navigate through all of those things in our equip track. This, this coming August, we have our, nat we normally do a 21 days of prayer. We have that coming up in the first weekend of August. We'll have 21 days of prayer again. We have leadership nights. That's where we do a lot of our ministry training and a, a lot of our, our development for you so that you can discover, develop, and deploy your giftings. It's, it's all about discovering. Then you develop, and then you start to deploy those gifts. But also, we have a GROW leadership conference. For our GO team members, we're actually hosting a leadership conference right here in July. It's going to be on Tuesday and Wednesday. And right now, listen, if you want to get involved in that, you can text this number. Text us this. We'll give you a registration. We'll send you a registration. Put it in your hands. But we are, it's going to be a two-day intensive on helping you understand what leadership is about, how you can grow as a leader, what leadership even looks like. And it's completely free to you. Completely free to you. We'll have more details to follow. But how do I even get to a place of having vision? 
That's the biggest challenge. I remember my, anybody have those, those high school, or sorry, those elementary or high school kid, uh, teachers that would say, well, you got to set some goals. What's a goal? You got to teach me what a goal is before I can set a goal. I know a field goal. I know a soccer goal. I know the goal is to get back to home base when I'm playing baseball. What's a goal? Nobody ever taught me about it, what a goal was. Well, it's the same with vision. What is a, how do I even get to a place of having vision? Well, maybe it's time to do this. Maybe it's time to commit my whole life to God. Maybe that's your time. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. It's almost to say, if you don't look for me wholeheartedly, you won't find much of me. And that might be some of our problem in walking with the Lord and why we struggle walking with Him because we're not seeking Him to find Him wholeheartedly. we got a little portion. I'll give you a little bit of time. i get a little, bit, a little bit of my devotion. We're not seeking Him wholeheartedly. But I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and I will bring you home again to your own land. Remember we talked about having freedom, finding, finding freedom from our yesterdays and coming out of that bondage and coming out of the smudge of the dealing with the, the guilt and the shame and the issues that we have from yesterday. That only comes when we begin to surrender the control of our lives to God. And that means in all decisions, I'm beginning to surrender, yield my decisions, yield my lifestyle unto the Lord. Not I show up on Sunday and do some church thing, but during the week, I'm going to live how I want to live. I'm going to do my thing. But wholeheartedly, you will, when you seek Him, you will find Him. But it only gets there when you start to surrender the control. And boy, we struggle with that, don't we? i got to have some control over my life. It's crickets in here. Control. I have control. Especially in a world that's chaotic, the more chaos it gets, the more control we feel like we have to have. And God is in that tension. He's working on us in that tension. It's only though through salvation in Jesus we're going to get there. And maybe I need to make my relationships public. Many of you have been baptized as children. You didn't know what you were doing. You got dunked. And it's time for you to get baptized. We baptized three people, two earlier, and then one came along and, and it was a little bit late. She, had to, she was serving us dinner, serving us lunch last weekend at our, our celebration and got baptized. Three people got baptized this, last week. Maybe that's your time. Yes. How, yes. Yeah, it's okay. That is a celebration to the Lord because it is a commitment saying, I'm letting the whole world know I am dedicating my life to Christ, and I want to be accountable for that. November 29th, if, if you have not been baptized, we'd love to baptize you in November. That's our next baptism. And for many, it's time to get baptized or start serving God by serving others. You may be thinking, well, it's not, an, it's not a convenient time of my life. Well, it wasn't convenient for Jesus to hang on the cross, but he did it anyway for you, right? <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to nudge you. I'm trying to waken you up and shake you out of this COVID funk. But maybe it's time to surround myself with right relationships and find freedom. Maybe that's your time. How you choose your friends will determine how your future ends up looking. And many get caught up in relationships that are no good for you. And I don't even have to say anything from there because you know, 
The Holy Spirit's just sitting there right there. You're starting to feel a little sweaty because you know you're in some relationships that you don't belong in, that are not good for you. If you were to say this, that you're the sum total of the five closest friends that you hang out with. So you show me your friends, I will show you your future. And now I've got you thinking, wow, am I going to look like that? Yeah, if that's your thoughts, you need to go ahead and text them right now and say, I can't be hanging out with you anymore. Or i got to break up because this ain't going to work out. Because if I, in five years, I'm going to look like this, I'm done. Let me give you some vision for your life. I'm just, just trying to nudge you. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm trying to see you from a different, help you see your life from a different perspective. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Maybe it is time to, to join a Thrive Tribe. Maybe it's time to get involved. In August 5th to September 9th, we're going to have a family-style Thrive Tribe right here. We're going to have roundtables here. Uh, we're going we're to go in a message series, a seven-week journey. Uh, six of those, actually, will be here on Wednesday nights. As, as Amber was talking, it's $5 for a meal. Food, food will be provided. It's $5 per person. If you have a big family, it's only $20 for the family. And there is a journal, that is $15 journal for you to buy. But it is a spiritual journey that t covers seven topics that every one of us needs sharpening in. And for that six, it's actually going to be six weeks we're going to go through it. For that six weeks, we're going to do it together right here on Wednesday nights. We'd love for all of you to be a part of that. Why? Because we desire for your spiritual life to be recharged and revived, especially coming out of this COVID funk. And then our Thrive Tribe semesters, and that's what we call small groups. That's our small group. It's, a, it's, a, it's our terminology, our cultural terminology for small groups. Easy enough. The season begins September 27th through December 6th. It's important that we get into circles, into groups uh, with other believers, other people who are wanting to be challenged, other people who have maybe gone before us in part of our spiritual journey so that we can be encouraged, so we can begin to look different than what we do right now in five years, maybe in one year. But it's important for us to start to regularly get together and have real open, honest communication, trustworthy communication with others so you can hear their hearts, they can hear your heart, you can pray together, you can hear the Word, and the Word can, can begin to penetrate your relationships and your soul. And that happens powerfully in small groups. And then Thrive the students are meeting already right here at 6 p.m. They've got a great group that's going. They started last week. They picked up again last week. And they're meeting again every Sunday for, at 6 p.m. So those are some of the things where you can start to transition out of your funk in some of those, oh, Lord, how am I going to get out of this relationship, this friendship? This, this ain't good for me. This ain't good for me. And into something that's new and refreshing and good for you. Something that, that God's vision is on. There you go. Giving you opportunities. It's all up to you from here on out. But then freedom. Well, how do I find that freedom thing, Pastor? One, you do it in Thrive Tribes. That's what we believe that healing and freedom comes out of. But we also have a freedom weekend coming up for you in October. October 3rd and 4th. Then we have men's and women's tribe. There's already women are talking to me about, like, I want to get some ladies together, and I want to start praying together and read the Word. And, and some of us want to go start riding bikes. We're going to meet at the church and go ride bikes. Great. That's wonderful. 
Another guy came up to me like, I want to get a men's group together and meet and have some breakfast, talk about the word and pray over one another and just see where that goes. Great. That's wonderful. There's a range of topics in our Thrive Tribes. And in fact, when they come up, if you don't like any of them, come talk to us. We'll help you start your own and start to bring some people around you. Don't complain about what it is. Start changing things and start doing things and start stepping up and be the change. Right? You good? All right. Maybe it's time to discover my God-given purpose. Because that's a challenge right there. That's the one that every individual has a burden. They carry a burden to, to discover their God-given purpose. At some point in your life, in fact, excuse me for a moment, in fact, baby boomers are in this place and they are leading the way in trying to discover their God-given purpose. Why? Because they've gone through 25 years of school, likely. They've been working for 35 years, and they realize all these things that they were taught would give life is no longer, and it is not life-giving, and it never fulfilled the desires and the burdens and the joy that they were hoping for in their life throughout that 60 years. And now they're getting to that place where, whoa, I got vision for the future and it's looking like a coffin. I better start doing something that's going to cause some difference, make a difference because I want something. When I meet that coffin, I want something to live beyond me that outlives me. I want to do something that is actually eternal. But you don't have to wait till you're 60 to start discovering your purpose. And it's not too late if you're 80. It's time... Because it's God's desire that you discover your purpose. No longer am I just living a life where I'm just trying to pay my bills. I'm here. No, I'm living my life on purpose and my bills are paid so that I can do what I know I'm supposed to be doing and called to be doing for the Lord. It's a complete shift. I'm just here. No, I'm here and I'm ready to get busy. I'm ready to do some things. I want the world to be different when I leave this place. Psalms 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knows exactly what he has for you to do. He knows exactly what's going to bring you joy. He knows exactly what's going to bring you peace. He knows exactly what is going to bring you fulfillment. And that counterfeit version will never, maybe for a moment, but will never sustain the fulfillment that God has embedded into your DNA, designed you for, according to Ephesians 2.10, because God has appointed it. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why were you created? For, why were you created? Yes, which... God prepared beforehand so that who would walk in it? Yes. You were designed for purpose. And you will be miserable until you find that purpose that God, God's purpose for you, that He designed you for. It's in His Word. This is not Pastor Nathan speaking. I'm just breaking it down, showing some neon arrows on it, saying, hey, here it is. Get busy. It's time to find some things. Got to find freedom to get there. But once you do, man, you start to discover that purpose and life begins to shift. And there, let me tell you, well, how do I do that? 
How do I do that? What do I know to do? How do I know where to go from here? Well, we'll give you plenty of opportunities. And these are only, we, we call these springboard opportunities. It's a place for you to get involved, to start getting some of this confidence inside of you. These are children's ministry, worship, creative communication, sound, media, lighting. We're not short on things that you could get involved in so you can start discovering purpose. Hospitality, greeters, hosts, safety team, parking team, altar team. There's plenty of opportunities for you to grow and start discovering some of this. Oh, whoa, whoa what's this inside of me? I got some things going on. I can be useful. Yes, you can be useful. Oh, God is, God, I, mean, I really like take a liking to this thing. I never thought I could do that. I didn't know that I was even able to do that. You know why? Because you never started doing anything. It was always an excuse. Well, when, when I get married, well, if I was ever single, well, when I don't have kids, well, when I have kids, well, if I had some money, when I have money, when I, when I get money, I'll do. No, when you start discovering your purpose and you start with what God is already offering up to you and you start to develop and see and that smudge starts to wipe away from your life goggles, and you start to have clarity of vision. Yeah, it may have started here, but who knows where God's going to take it from here so that this can be a launching pad into the very thing that God actually designed and purposed you for. And maybe that purpose is all through here. The people that you see on the worship team, myself, in the sound booth, in the kids' areas, in every, every area of this church, these are people who are in the process of discovering their purpose, and many of them realize, wow, I can lead worship. Wow, I can play the keys. Come on, Kevin, wherever you are. Wow, I can do this. Wow, I can. In just 15, 16 weeks, Kevin learned how to play this thing right here, and that's the guy that was on this thing. But I remember with it starting with, I'm pretty sure I nudged Kevin a little bit and I said, hey man, I'll get you some training if you'll do it. And he goes, ah, you know, I, I think I can, I think I can do that just like that. That's how Kevin talks. I think I can. And, and <laughs> one hour a week training. Then however many hours he chose to speak, uh, to use after that on his own, discovering it, discovering it. Who knows? Is that the end? Of, nope. Who knows where all that's going to go? Delaney. She came in here didn't, to Thrive Community Church wondering if she was even going to go to church. Now she's leading every one of you in worship each Sunday and thereafter. Come on. Ani was like, I'm not getting up there and playing the guitar in front of anybody. Well, yeah, here she is. And, and I got Jonathan and, and Katara and Everett and Gracie was like, mm-mm, I ain't going to do it. Mm-mm. Y'all know Gracie. But she was up there rocking it. In that kids' ministry. We got Camille back there doing the host. We got Norma in the hospitality, loving it. Deb coming up out of nowhere and helping us on staff now. Shakivia. Shakivia, our children's pastor, just rocking it. Has a heart for those kids. Why? Because they just started somewhere. They just got involved and they just started getting into the game a little bit because they were tired of the counterfeit version and they started just doing the work of the ministry and then God begins to develop from there. Maybe you're saying, well, how do I get involved? Well, you can, you can text next steps and we'll help you get there. 
We'll send you some information, make it really easy. We're trying to get, give you as many on-ramps to the highway of heaven instead of the highway of hell, the highway of heaven that you can possibly have. We're trying to remove all roadblocks. The body of Christ, though, grows when you discover, develop, and deploy your gift. You have to remember Scripture all throughout Scripture. There's only one gift that is for you that you carry, that you should be carrying. But every, every, every gift, and Scripture says that God has given every person at least one gift, that every gift is not, my gift is not for me. My gift is for you. Your gift is for your neighbor. Your gift is for your other neighbors. Your gift is, is for others. God has given you to the church. God has blessed you with gifts so that you can edify the church. And so if, I'm going to nudge, if the church is not what you think it should be and could be, it may be because you're not deploying your gifts in it. I'm going to shift I'm going to shift it. Because I promise you one thing. I will use my gift. I will discover my gift. I will develop my gift to the best of my God-given ability. And I will humble myself so I can, hopefully God will develop and, and increase this gift for your purposes. But here's what I ask. Will you do the same for others? Because I come up here for you and the Lord so you can get what you need from him. And he can give to me what you need from him as well. And I want, I'm go all out. I'm passionate for that. Why? Because I know what God has done for my life. I know who I used to be. I know what I've been saved out of. I know what I've been healed from, freed from. I know the guilt and shame I no longer carry. I know the lies of Satan that I don't have to listen to anymore. And I know I don't do it because of what God did. I do it because of what God is continually doing. He is continually doing these things. It's not stopping. The grace doesn't end. He continues, and you go from grace to grace, what Scripture says. But maybe it's time to live out your, your life doing something that actually matters. Doing something that actually matters. That's why we have serve days. That's why we give opportunities. That's why we do missions work. But if you're not careful, you will, as a byproduct... Live a life that didn't matter. You will have done all these things. You will have met all these people, made all this money. You will have gone all these places. I've traveled the world too. But none of it mattered. When you meet that coffin, it all stopped right there. Because none of it was for eternal purposes. None of it was for the kingdom of God. None of it was creating and carrying eternal value that would extend beyond you because it was about you. It's about what you could get, what you could have, what you could do, what you could explore what you could enjoy, little fun you could have that no, hopefully nobody finds out. It's the counterfeit version. And you got to go and do it again because it doesn't sustain fulfillment in your life. And so you find yourself in a cycle. Why does this cycle not break? 
Because it's not God's vision for your life. It doesn't have your purpose, your specific purpose on it. It's a great idea. It's a lot of fun sometimes. Man, you worked hard to get there. Boy, it's easy for you. You got enough money to do it anyway. And it doesn't hurt anybody. But is it what God has designed you for? Is it that purpose that when you were in your mother's womb and God was knitting you, He said, Purpose, Lana's purpose, Cody's purpose, purpose, Levi's purpose. When He knit you with this specific purpose, are you doing that? Have you asked him, Lord, what is the vision, your vision for my life? What is the purpose that you have created me for? Because there is one. And anything less is a lie from Satan. But it's time to probably ask him. Because God has given you enough grace for today. And I know, I'm no mathematician. I'm pretty good. But I can tell you right now, we're living in subtraction. These are not being added. They're being reduced. I'm somewhat young, yet I live with this great sense of urgency. Because I don't know tomorrow, what tomorrow brings. God does. And I'm going to do everything that I know God is leading, prompting, and put on my plate to do while I'm here. And guess what? COVID-19, a car accident, you name it, your excuse. It won't cheat God out of days of your life. It won't cheat God. But I'm just beginning to scratch the surface of what God has shown me. And I know there's way more. What God has shown me in my family for my life, I'm just, I'm just doing the little scratchy thing and smell, sniffing, scratchy sniff. It smells good. Really pretty. But it comes with a lot of work. Psalms 90.12 says this, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. That's why God has put this transformation center on our hearts for this city. Because God matters, people matters, and eternity matters. And God has called us out of our comfort zones. Our purpose is to raise up tomorrow's leaders to be vessels to bring healing and freedom to a lost and a hurting world. This is just the beginning. You're sitting in the youth and children's building of Thrive Community Church. Let me, let me just give you vision. Let me give you vision. Because you may be thinking, well, this isn't big enough. You are right. And we can't wait to grow out of this. Because right behind you is where we will be meeting in just a few years. 
And then after that, we will be planting churches because I know God is going to raise up church planters and pastors who are willing to use their gifting in this church to be sent out into other areas because I don't know if you know East Texas, but East Texas needs some thriving churches. Some, some churches that are going to lead people towards healing and freedom for them, not for themselves. We're here to be the church that heals and bring freedom, brings freedom. And this is why, this is why we give, this is why we serve, this is why we do, this is why we pray, this is why we come in and study the word, this is why we go to tribes, this is why we go to serve days, this is why we deploy on mission trips. It's all for the purpose. That's why we get in the game. It's all for the purpose of discovering developing, deploying our gifts so that we can be useful for the kingdom of God, for eternal purposes, so that we find our purpose. That's it. Let me just, I just summed up why you exist. Because all of that brings glory to God. What you do is not why you exist. But while you do it, what you do, while you're doing what you do, is why you exist. You can stay right where you are in your business, but your perspective change, changes as to why you do it, and you start to blo- deploying your gifts in that place of work. Right there. As Amber was saying, there's these cards right here. Again, highway to heaven, baby. I'm trying to give you some opportunities. I want you to seriously look at this. Pray through this. Whether you drop it off and you fill it out today or you bring it back next week or the next week, you seriously give this a time of prayer. And you say, Holy Spirit, what are you leading me to do in this season? Maybe it's outside of my comfort zone to do this. Maybe it's outside of my comfort zone to spend some time with Thrive Kids. I can't stand my own kids. But if the Holy Spirit says that's where I want you to be and he begins to highlight that to you let me tell you what you'll be miserable until you do it I promise you I can speak with experience on that like man I'm not I'm not going to usher people I don't like people well hey (laughs) maybe that's why God is calling you to be an usher I got this old Kodak with some film in it. Hey, deploy it. Develop. See what God can do. But I'm here to nudge you. And I seriously want you to pray over this. Bring it back. Turn it in today. Bring it back. Here's where I'm at. Give it to our host. Give it to Camille. Give it to one of our greeters. Give it, put, it, put it in the black box. That's how we give here. People say, why don't you take an offering? We don't take any money from anybody. It's up to people to have a spiritual awareness and a spiritual maturity to give back to God. You don't have to take money. God's people give. They pray for you. As you pray over what your next steps are and how God wants you to get in His vision. Walk away from the counterfeit. It's your response. As spiritual mature people, it's your response that matters. So Father, we just pray for clarity of vision. We pray for direction. Pray for humility to surrender to you. 
pray for your presence to be upon us as we make decisions. Pray for grace to strengthen us after we have made those decisions. Pray for, pray for a willing heart to listen to you. Pray for a, uh, just the freedom, the breaking from yesterdays, the pains. Maybe you served in churches and, and some time and it just felt like you were being taken advantage of and you just feel like, well, that's just what this is over again. No? No? We're here to raise up leaders. We're here to raise up ministry minded individuals whatever that looks like. we're here to raise up kingdom people we're here to raise up a people that are carriers of a culture that is a beautiful alternative to what the world is offering our people plainly plainly put we're just here to be who we've been created to be so father we just pray for your help in your guidance, in your, your willingness to see us through this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.